So there. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. Why do you keep saying let us know your thoughts? Let me know your thoughts to me is a nice lead-in for So There. So there. Merry Christmas. And welcome to episode 36 of So So There. I'm Gary Doyle. And I'm Tom Karamitis. Merry Christmas, Tom. Merry Christmas, Gary. It's good to be back at the So There cabin in northern Minnesota. It's so cold in this cabin because we don't have our fireplace going, and it's extremely cold in the cabin. It's been a while also since we did a pod. I feel like we've kind of forgotten how to do all of this, as evidenced by the fact that it took you 20 minutes to hook up your microphone in the cabin. I think if the master producer had uh, per- could perhaps create a simpler way of, uh, of recording this, which is slightly less complicated than, uh, uh, than creating a coronavirus vaccine, you know, maybe it wouldn't take 20 minutes. Well, okay, I'll give you that. The master producer assumed that since you've been through this drill 35 times already, some of it might have stuck, but I stand corrected. (laughs) Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, This is our special So There gift to you because um, due to popular demand from our fans actually not really popular maybe one or two have said this they want us to return to our roots and get back to some of our recurring themes from the show like like uh, recurring segments like i decree and i wonder why yes and we have a bunch of them lined up that was uh, where you're supposed to talk, Tom. All right. All right. We're out of practice. I, <laughs> I, I would like to say, though, be, before we dive into them, I, I would like to also uh, uh, go back to, to our roots and touch upon a couple of quick um, uh, commercial things I've noticed, uh, marketing things of, over the past few weeks. This, this time of year always seems to uh, trigger lots of um, things. You, you love them, you hate them, you see them every year, but uh, a couple of things I wanted to bounce off you as well. Okay. Well, that's a little that's a little curveball you're throwing me there. Now, I thought that today was just I decree and I wonder why. And Tom Carmine is now thrown a curveball. Well, in fairness, I, I could have saved these, but these uh, these these two observations uh, are perishable. Uh, so these holiday. are holiday ad observations. Yes. Okay. Well, why don't you lay those on me, and then I have an I wonder why holiday ad observation. Do we want to talk about logos first? Uh, yeah, let's let's talk about logos and, and let's talk about one of our sponsors. A sponsor who, I say one of our sponsors, it's our only sponsor. <laughs> a sponsor who is at the center of customization. You name it, they brand it. T-shirts, check. Coffee mugs, check. Customized AirPods, check. Apparel is the perfect complement to your brand and Midwest Promotional Group gives you access to most any type for a very affordable price. 
Branded merchandise helps build business relationships for any size business, big or small, be it client gifts, employee events, or trade show giveaways. With Midwest Promotional Group, you can access top retail brands such as Under Armour, North Face, Patagonia, Callaway, Yeti, Richardson, and more. I don't know what Richardson is. Do you, Tom? I know what the others are. The next time you may need some branded merchandise work done, check out shop.midwestgrp.com slash Tim. I'll repeat that. Shop.midwestgrp.com slash Tim. Tim Leahy is one of, our exper- one of their experienced sales guys and a good friend of the show. Check his site out. He responds quickly and is ready to simplify your life by handling your next branded merchandise needs. So if your business is in need of any kind of fully customizable solutions, head on over to shop.midwestgrp.com slash Tim. And I'd like to thank Midwest GRP and Tim Leahy for being our sole sponsor, for showing faith in a dying, in the dying podcast that is so there. And for throwing us a lifeline when we need it the most. So thank you, Tim, and thank you, Midwest GRP. So, Tom, what's what's vexing you about holiday ads this well, year? Well, you, you know, and we, we've talked in the past about, uh, you know, the, these obnoxious car commercials, you know, Lexus to remember and all these things and putting bows on the car. But and, and, and this is a commercial actually started running last Christmas and they're running it again this Christmas. Uh, and you've probably seen it. Uh, it's, it's for GMC. And not only does the guy uh, buy his wife uh, a, big, a big behemoth GMC vehicle, but he buys one for himself. So they have actually one up the, uh, the rest of the category by buying two vehicles for Christmas and putting them in a driveway that only looks like it's, 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 it's not really at a house. It's some kind of modern, futuristic tech company. Uh, uh, and they're all of, you know, 24 years old. So it kind of hits all of those hot buttons for me, which makes car advertising this time of year so objectionable to me. Have you seen this commercial? Well, Tom, to be honest, you did, uh, you did steal one of my I Wonder Whys. So yes, I have. Uh, I find this commercial loathsome, uh, especially in, in pandemic times when so many people are struggling that 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 nobody raised their hand and said should we be running an ad like i understand they did it last year you know last december but this december you know nobody raised their hand and said should we be running an ad where people buy each other a a giant suv for christmas when you know a lot of people are out of jobs and you know hoping for a government payout it's really uh it's really tone deaf and then the and then the uh, the story is also very Con, not convoluted, but it's very contrived. So remember, they give each other. I think. I think the the wife gives the husband a smartphone. They give each it's, other matching smartphones, and then he goes, "Wait a minute, <laughs> I've got you beat." Right, and then they walk out, and there's two cars in the driveway. Yeah, she she actually gets him, and she gets him, him and hers uh, like like fitness watches, like fit fitness kind watches. of things. But I also find that. Uh, equally loathsome because it's so old-fashioned and sexist she buys him a little $50 trinket and he buys her and <laughs> buys them each a $45,000 gas guzzler you know if, if they had tried to just maybe flip it 
he gets them he, he gets her the fitbits and she buys the two vehicles i thought that would have made it at least a little more interesting but it just strikes me as so i don't know it just strikes me as 1990s yuppie uh you know totally couched in old-fashioned sex stereotypes and all that sort of thing well, I also wonder how far this is going to go in their relationships. Like when they buy running shoes, do they have to get matching running shoes? They have to get each other running shoes when they, you know, when they, uh, anything that they purchase, they have to be like, yeah, I got you that too. You know, so he, he gets, uh, he, he gets, um, you know, uh, socks and he says, I, I got you some socks too. I mean, at some point it becomes, I worry about their relationship. I worry about there's some codependency issues here. Um, yeah, I, I, I have concerns. Well, let me ask you another question. Do you find that this commercial, all of that taken into account, is a little too aspirational? Would people in that kind of financial situation really buy each other a GMC? <laughs> I mean, really, wouldn't it be an Infiniti or an Audi or, or <laughs> Lexus or something? I just, right? <laughs> I don't know what to make of GMC. That's a, to me, and I know we talked about this earlier, we talked a little bit about Acura as being a brand I really couldn't figure out what it was they were trying to be. And I find GMC seems to have kind of thrown a Hail Mary out there. <laughs> well, it also points to, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, if I think about it a little bit, it also kind of bothers me that clearly they're, clearly they're single, they're, they have no kids. And so they both have these giant cars. So my thought when you said, why do they get each other's GMC cars? I, I, my thought was, well, that's the biggest cars out there. That's the biggest vehicles out there. And so they had to really show their love for each other by getting gigantic cars. But if you think about it, they're both, they're both they don't have kids. And, and they're not only got each other cars, but they're each going to drive around this car on their own. They don't need a giant, a gigantic 5,000 pound car just for each other, for one person, you know, and, 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 and this is the root of a, you know, a lot of Americans consumption issues of, you know, with cars and, and gasoline and oil. It's like, you know, these, you know, these people are driving around with this giant car all by themselves. And then he's going to be driving around with his giant car all by himself. And it's, yeah, it's really, it's troubling. And then the, the most troubling part is the joke. Do you remember the joke at the end? She comes out and looks at the car and he goes something like, uh, I, I got you a red one. Or no, she, he, goes, he goes, I got you a red one. She goes, she goes oh, I, I like red. And then he goes, okay, well, I like blue too. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to give you the color that you want. And then they have a little chuckle. <laughs> Yeah, and that, that, that button at the end makes me dislike her even more. So I, I feel like right. every, there's so many missteps in that commercial. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really don't. I really don't. I really don't like her. I want to also, in all sincerity, speaking of missteps, ask you to help me to help me decipher another commercial that's been running all over the place. That's I think they probably shot three or four versions of it. I've seen it probably a hundred times. I still don't understand what they're trying to sell me. Have you seen the Stephen Carell Christmas ads for Xfinity? He plays Santa Claus. Yeah, I've seen him many times, and I don't really know what's going on. All I've registered is it's Steve Carell, and he's Santa, and that's all I've registered. Exactly. There's some kind of capturing... Uh, like grandma's cooking and the, the essence of a snowball fight in boxes because we can't be together. And that's all a really nice thought. But then he ends, but I, I don't know what, are they asking me to sign up for, for Xfinity? It, there's no, there's no call to action. There's no nothing. And I know Stephen Carell's not a cheap date. 
There's a lot of production value. I'm sure they probably spent $4 million between Stephen Carell and producing those commercials. And I have no idea what it's for, other than it's for Xfinity. And maybe that's the whole idea. But shouldn't they be kind of trying to get me to do something? Yes, they should. And, and they shouldn't be asking that we think so hard. Thank you. You know, you have to make these things simple. I, uh, you know, this is a country, Tom, who, who can't grasp the concept of, of using a mask properly. So either, either they don't use one or when they do, it's around their chin, right? Or if it's not around their chin and it's actually around their mouth, it doesn't cover their nose, you know. Which will brings me to my first, I wonder why. By the way, let me quickly ask you, uh, for I Wonder Why, are we going to use the old, the stinger you don't like, the song, or are we just going to just have you say it? No, no, Tom. We can use your stinger. Excellent. <laughs> I wonder why. I wonder why people don't think they breathe through their nose. So they put the mask on, and if it's if they've if they've they've accomplished the the heroic task of actually covering their mouth with it instead of just their chin, but not their nose. They think, I wonder why they think I don't I don't breathe through my nose, and no air comes out my nose or goes in my nose. It only goes in and out my mouth. I wonder why. I have less. I I, I agree with you. My my theory is that they're doing that, be- though the people who do that wear glasses and they find that it fogs up their glasses when they cover their nose, and then when they don't cover their nose, it doesn't fog their glasses. That, that would be my theory. I-, I agree with you. I think it's, why bother wearing a mask at all at that point? Your, your theory makes sense, but c- because I have glasses and it is highly annoying to deal with masks, I can't wait until we're not wearing them anymore just for that reason that they fog up your glasses. And But your theory doesn't hold up because if you look at any picture of groups wearing masks let's say it's a it's an open air party or a bunch of congressmen or any it doesn't matter what the picture is but if there is a picture of a large group of people that are wearing masks invariably half of them don't cover their nose and it's not this glasses wearing people it's just it's too much for americans to grasp and so we can't make a steve carell commercial that's complicated when americans can't grasp this concept are all of your I wonder whys and I decrees today going to be topical and COVID related? Because I feel bad because none of mine are. No. All right. I wonder why. Socks come in one size fits all. Anytime you buy socks, it says for foot shoe sizes 6 through 13. How can this be? That's all. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> That's a good one. That is, uh, that, is, that is positively Seinfeldian. I'd like to get two people together, shoot a, a, a video in a shoe store. One guy has a size 6 shoe, and one guy has a size 13, and just see if it truly works. <laughs> see who's unhappier. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. Pro athletes in commercials are such bad actors. Now, I know that they're not actors. I know they're not professional actors, but they're professional athletes who are used to talking to people and talking to reporters and talking to groups of people and, and talking to their teammates and their, their outsized personalities in general because they're professional athletes and professional coaches. But why are they such bad actors? I'm thinking of, I don't know if you've seen the new Nick Saban commercials for yes. Aflac. Yes. Where he's a, just a, 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 
painful to watch. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, your hero, Aaron Rodgers, who has been very good in some commercials in the past, but his latest round of, of State Farm commercials, he's very stiff, and so is Patrick Mahomes. And I just don't understand how these athletes who are just comfortable with people, I would think, are Nick such Saban, bad actors. Yeah, and the Nick Saban one is interesting because where he really screws that up is the, the end, where they really wanted him. It, they, I don't remember what the last line is, but he's like, okay, guys, let's go, or there's some kind of big rallying cry at the end, and he does it. It's so tepid. It's so lacking in energy. And you think, maybe, were they that intimidated of him where they couldn't ask him to do it with a little more, more energy? Um <laughs> I think, though, to answer your your original premise on this, I think these athletes, yes, they're they are uh, comfortable uh, talking in front of people and, and 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 being out in public. But I think perhaps uh, it's it to the, for them to play a character is something that they're so um, uh, uneasy about that they can't get out of their own way. They can't quite let go mm. and be a character. I remember reading once Tom Hanks had said the first couple of days on a shoot with him, uh, he's useless because it takes him a while to kind of get, get out of his own way and just mm. kind of become the character. But I mm. agree with you. I, I, I also think the State Farm thing is, is interesting. Um, uh, the, you know, I, I think the campaign, that campaign now is really it's very weak. I mean, it's, none of those spots really are funny to me. I mean, well, it's baffling. It's baffling. I, I, I asked my son the other day, the, the guy that interacts with Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, this African-American guy who's... Is he an ex-athlete? Cause he's I don't know. He's a very terrible buff. actor. He's a terrible actor, but he's always wearing these like skin-tight body shirts that like <laughs> supposed to show off his pecs and stuff. But I thought he was such a wooden, flat actor. He has to be an ex-athlete. But... but Tucker didn't seem to know him, and I certainly don't recognize him. And I find that 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 campaign has gone south. Yeah, I agree. I'll tell you the funniest ad in, in all in all sincerity that I have seen in 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 a while is the one for AT and T, where AT and T is a person who lives in your house. Yes. Oh, yeah. so good. Yeah. He's like uh, he's this annoying person who's, uh, and I can't remember any of the dialogue. But there's another couple who. They have to live with him, but they have to live with AT&T and his flaws, oh. and he's this obnoxious person who just perfectly cast, perfectly written. This, uh, this, so it's so rare to see a well-executed comedic spot that doesn't try to do too much like Steve Carell. It's just a simple, charming, funny as hell. Yeah, yeah, and they're all good. There was one of him in it when he's in a bathroom, which was hysterical. The current one is, I think he's living with two roommates, and the woman screams into her pillow. That's the one I'm talking about. Yeah. I didn't know there were more. I've only seen that one. Yeah, they're, they're all good. They're all good. I, I, I agree with you. I decree. Wait a minute. We're going to I oh, decree? Are we, are you, you, do you object no, going go, back go, and forth? Go ahead with I decree. Fine. I decree. You must not dude me or bro me. I do not like being called dude or bro. All right? If you don't remember my name, that's okay, because I probably forgot yours as well. How about bruh? I don't know that one. What's bruh? Well, bruh is like bro, only bruh, like B-R-U-H. Hey, bruh. I don't know that one. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. How do you feel about people calling a group of men and women guys? Like there's Does, women, right? It doesn't, doesn't bother me. Hey, guys. 
It doesn't. It it starts to increasingly bother me. If I if I were a woman, I would be like, um, this isn't a room full of guys. You know, this isn't a bunch of idiots wearing jerseys watching a watching a football game at Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> you know, like this is a business meeting. You know, or whatever. I'm not a guy. I'm a girl, as you can clearly see. I'm a woman. I don't know. Well, it's hey guys, it's, hey guys. Yeah, and I yeah I I, I and, and you're right, and it probably com- some of it comes out of laziness. You could say folks, folks. You can say peeps, dudes, <laughs> dudes. Dude. peeps, peeps. <laughs> I decree that Aldi is the best. I totally agree. Tom, Tom, and another good friend of ours, Bob Akers, meet in a parking lot uh, next to a uh, next to a Lowe's Home Improvement store in Vernon Hills, uh, and we sit in chairs and talk to each other for about an hour. and And after I'm done with that, I go to the Aldi and uh, pick up some things. and And no matter how hard you try, you can't spend more than fifty dollars in an Aldi. You you get a bunch of stuff and you and you check out. And somehow the bill is like twenty eight dollars. Yeah, even yeah. though he got a whole cart full of groceries, it's just remarkable. I agree. I just discovered something new at Aldi a few weeks ago: um, olives stuffed with feta cheese. So I've been getting those these little narrow, tall bottles. So always a new surprise for me at Aldi. Now my Aldi is very small. It's it's not as big as a lot of them are. So a lot of those kind of fun discoveries kind of come and go from my Aldi. Yeah. But uh, no, I agree. I, I have the exact same observation. It seems like no matter how much you buy, you never hit three digits. I've never come close to hitting $100 in an Aldi. And the frozen section also has some amazing buys. They'll have these clearance things, right? It'll be like some three-pound bag of chicken wings or something, but it's like 87 cents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Totally agree. Aldi is the best. Yes. Maybe Aldi wants to sponsor So There at some point. I decree. No more alternate pronunciations of names. What started out in the 90s as Demi Moore becoming Demi Moore, I now notice on CNN with Dana Bash and Suzanne Malvo. <laughs> I mean, come on, it should be Dana Bash and Susie Malvo or Suzanne Malvo. It's, it's fatiguing. You have to, you know, you see a name, you know how to pronounce it, but all of a sudden you have to take into account the alternate pronunciation. I'm dating myself, but Tony Dorsett. Oh, yeah. Remember, yeah. he was Tony Dorsett in yeah. college, for, played for Pittsburgh, and then he went to Dallas and became Tony Dorsett. Yeah, and everyone had to, you know, get on board. I didn't notice... Dana Bash becoming Dana Bash. Well, at some point she must have, right? When she was, a, even if she was a teenager, right? I've never mm-hmm. heard of anybody named Dana. Hmm. And she yeah. spelled D-A-N-A. Anyway, I just find it puts a lot of pressure on everyone you interact with to expect them to remember your alternate pronunciation. I decree. That no one shall hold their phone out in front of their face to talk on it. These people have the speaker on, and they hold it out in front of their face, like six to eight inches out in front of their face, and I I decree that that shall stop, and I don't 
understand why. The only, the, only, the only justification I can think of is so you don't get brain cancer. They say that holding your cell phone up to your ear might give you brain cancer, but I don't understand it, and I decree that it shall stop. That, that bit was just depicted in a very funny commercial that's running now. I'm trying to remember who it's for, but it's people becoming more like their parents, <laughs> and there's a yeah, scene in the right. home. <laughs> Progressive. <laughs> Progressive, right. Uh, great, great, another great, great work. Yeah, but the woman says, <laughs> "I'm going to have a really big lunch today, so I can have a light dinner tonight." <laughs> Holding the phone out in front of her, it's very good. We all see it. We all see it. <laughs> Progressive cannot stop you from becoming your parents, but they can save you twenty percent on car insurance. Very good. Very good. I decree. That we should eliminate the phrase, God bless you, after someone sneezes. The urban legend when I was a young boy was that, <laughs> at least in New Jersey, this was the urban legend, that in, in, in day-to-day life, the closest you come to actually dying mm. is when you sneeze. It is so violent. That's the closest you come to dying on, on a daily basis. Therefore, people say, God bless you, <laughs> as a way to acknowledge that you didn't die. I think at this point... Sneezes don't really need to be acknowledged at all. You know, just go on with your day. Especially when somebody does the repeated multiple ah, sneezes, exactly, right? Then it's exactly. How many yeah. times do you say God bless you? If they do sneeze three or four times, do you stop saying it after the fourth one? <laughs> you know, at some point, the person that's sneezing is going to become an ordained priest. <laughs> They've been blessed so many times. <laughs> That might be the funniest thing you've ever said on So There, the ordained priest thing. That's going to go in the So There best of compilation that we sell next Christmas. <laughs> well, your new, you know, your New Jersey theory is a bit odd. What I've the, the urban legend that I've heard is there there used to be a belief in the olden days that when you sneeze, so you know how when you sneeze you take in breath, right? You go, <gasps> right? So you take in breath before you sneeze. The, the the belief was that evil spirits would enter your body when you took in that breath before a sneeze. They, your body would be uh, inhabited by evil spirits. And so after you sneeze, someone would say, you know, God bless you to ward off the evil spirits. Perhaps our, our viewers can weigh in on this by writing us at so there at yahoo.com. Now, Using so using the Yahoo email platform may mean that all your personal information will be hijacked, but I think it's a, I think it's a you know reasonable risk to take to write. Uh, so there at yahoo.com. Speaking of so there at yahoo.com, we did receive a letter <clears throat> from one of our viewers. It says uh, named Ellie. Uh, Dear Tom and Gary, I hope this message is just one of a stuffed to the brim sack of viewer mail. It's not Ellie. Um, Is it too early for a Santa Claus reference? This is written in November. I think your recent lack of viewer response is a travesty. Shame on the world for not sharing their thoughts on So There. Like the ancient Mayan ruins you discussed in your most recent episode, I expect my viewer mail will be dissected and pondered over for centuries to come. Things I liked about the episode. Gary's description of his self-administered COVID-19 test to be done until it becomes uncomfortable, like eating. The renewal of Tom and Gary's competitive spirit while discussing who could boast the most negative COVID-19 test. I forgot about that embarrassing 
exchange and who ouch and who Anthony Fauci would think was most most attractive a daring first plunge into politics more please for your hyper liberal listeners things I don't like Tom and Gary's pathological hatred of Millennials in fact Millennials and younger generations are the least likely to experience serious illness as a result of COVID-19 and yet these are the generations who have the most significantly altered their behavior to protect more vulnerable olds now she puts olds in uh, capitalized Millennials are wearing masks they're avoiding social gatherings they're doing these things even when the olds around them are partying like it's 1999 in your next pod please take a moment to apologize to these youngs for your rampant abuse finally i have been lately fascinated and enraged by a bizarre human behavior that i would like to see discussed on the pod it's this the strange and terrible capitalization of words when no capitalization is required why is this behavior running amok in the workplace are trump's tweets to blame uh, see here, fake news, media, rich hunt, fraudulent votes, discuss. I remain your most devoted fan. Fondly, Ellie. I think that this anonymous, thank you, Ellie, for the letter. I think that this anonymous, or uh, this uh, strangely capitalized words is a function of Trump and his tweets. What do you think, Tom? I Yes, uh, and that to me is also related to the, and um, I would think Ellie would probably agree with this as well, the preponderance of one-word sentences, right? Done for emphasis, like <laughs> oh, yeah. no, period, more, period, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, period, part, period, of, period, this, period, don't, <laughs> you understand. Yeah, that was a very good letter. I, I I I feel like Ellie was probably taking notes through the episode, uh, and I was taking notes during her letter because it occurred to me I have something else that will probably irritate her. And another observation made about millennials in general uh, recently, uh, um, we I was on a, a production recently, and we had to distribute a bunch of uh, guidelines to a bunch of people all over the Chicago area the next day. And I suggested, well, why don't we email the document to all of the people who will be there and just ask them to print it out and bring it with them, only to find out that hardly anybody that's younger, much younger than us owns a printer. Hey, Boomer, nice printer. It <laughs> I, was, thought, I thought you were going to say they don't know how to use email. No, well, that well, they, they they know how to use it. They don't use it much, but yeah, I I came. I realized nobody really of the people who were probably under thirty five. I don't think any of them actually had a printer. They were saying, "Well, I guess I could stop at a Kinko's on the way out to the shoot. I could do that," and that that floored me because I I am still of the generation that everyone I know has a printer. Yeah. So there. I can't fault them for the printer thing. I find printers kind of infuriatingly unreliable. And so if the millennials are helping to put the printer people out of business, so be it. I thought you were going to go off on one of your um, their wasteful tree-killing machines and all that I sort could, of thing. I could if you'd like. Yeah, the way you went off on Blue Apron because of their wasteful <laughs> packaging practices. Oh, so hard to go to the store and buy sage and salt and pepper and meat and veggies so hard when I can get it all when each one of those is prepackaged in their own little cellophane envelope oh so much better thank you I'll bet the, per the, the same person that has a Keurig 
or has a blue subscribes to Blue Apron also has a Keurig. I guarantee you. Yes, I know that's another pet peeve of yours. And they're just landfill filling machines. Do you have a Keurig, Tom, since you believe in Blue Apron? No, I don't. And we no longer get Blue Apron. I came to the conclusion that it's really not as economical as I'd like you to think it is. Especially once you discover Aldi. I wonder why people don't pull into the intersection when making a left turn and a light. Uh, Some people don't do that. They don't. Uh, they sit behind the white line and they don't pull into the intersection. Uh, and then sometimes they compound their error that when the that it turns yellow, they don't turn left. <laughs> yes, that that is a, that that is brilliant. And I will tell you, once in my life, I was able to execute a maneuver where I was behind that person. I then swerved out around them. And went into the intersection myself to wait to make that left turn. That Both, is a baller move. Yes, thank you. Baller I also, move. But I also thought it was a way to teach them that they're doing it wrong. Now, my kids pointed out to me that in driver's ed now, they teach you that, that pulling out into the intersection for a left turn is considered optional. When I grew up, it was not optional. So that, you know, that, then I'm kind of cutting them some slack. Apparently, it's optional. Only if you feel safe to do so. That's what I've been told by my kids when they took driver's ed. I think it's the general lack of boldness that's infected society. It, it's why it's why people break up with people via text. It's why uh, it's why people say right at the end of a sentence so that they reaffirm that their opinion is correct. Right. It's why people don't pull out intersections. You know, it's a general lack of boldness. IMO. Whenever there's a newscast during a snowstorm or anticipation of a snowstorm, do the newscasters do a story about they go to a hardware store and show that they're all out of shovels? Who do, do are there people who break their shovel every time there's snow and they need to go out and buy new ones? I never and they always do this. There's always the story about let's let's go out to the local Ace Hardware and see see if stuff's moving off the shelves and yeah we're all out of shovels and I don't understand it. A shovel lasts forever, right? A properly utilized shovel should never break. All right? I'm just laying it out there for you. <laughs> Unless they're internet opportunists and they're buying shovels in bulk and they're selling them online. Shovel scalpers or something. <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the reporters that stand out in the hurricane just to show you there's a hurricane. <laughs> I'm hearing that 80, 88 mile per hour winds in the Gulf Coast. Yep, it's a hurricane. <laughs> Please, John, be careful out there. Stay safe. <laughs> well, you know what? Don't go out in the first place. <laughs> Suzanne Malvo for CNN in the Gulf Coast. <laughs> well, Tom, I think we've taken up enough of people's time on Christmas Day that they might be spending with their families. Yes, time to open a couple of gifts and look around at the empty house as we all celebrate separately this year. And may one of those gifts be a giant GMC sport utility vehicle. <laughs> or maybe two. Or perhaps two. <laughs> And until next time, when we greet you in what's hopefully a much sunnier and more pleasant 2021, for Gary and Doyle, this is Tom Karamaita saying, 
So there.